Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Is it ever hard for you to read through the prophecies in the Old Testament and struggle to understand why God would plan to have all the struggles and difficulties in store for those on this planet? Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that these are to point us to God's glory, and ultimately, we face these times for our good. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 24th, 2022. What if I told you that everything now beginning to come to pass as we near the finish line, the global government, the global religion, and the global economy are all prophesied in one chapter in the book of Revelation? chapter 13. Let's start with the global religion, Revelation 13, 4. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? This is a global worship, inconceivable prior to 2020. Now, I can see it. Global government, verse 7, Revelation 13, it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Notice God is in control of everything. The devil can't do anything unless God allows him to, and God will never allow the enemy to do anything unless it ultimately fulfills his plan. And you might be here today or watching online, you're going through the trial of your life. I want to encourage you, and here's why. God has allowed the enemy to, as the Apostle Paul would say, torment you. (laughs) Here's this thorn in the flesh, if you prefer. And you've pleaded with God, you've begged with God, you've cried out to God, God remove this, and God says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Why are you allowing Satan to torment me? This is a messenger of Satan sent to torment. Why are you allowing Satan to torment me? Why are you allowing the enemy to do this to me? Because it's in the end for my glory and your good. If you knew what I knew, you would not want me to. That could be a song. (laughs) If... See, God is all-knowing, right? He knows the end from the beginning. And we don't know His ways. We don't know His whys. Maybe this is for somebody here, and I I know I'm kind of going off, and maybe this is the Holy Spirit, but maybe this is a word for you. 
to encourage you. God's allowing the enemy. See, you can ask Job about this, not that we're going to ask anybody anything when we get to heaven. We're just going to be like, you know, all those questions we have, when I get to heaven, I'm going to, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to be before the throne, worthy, worthy, worthy. (laughs) But Satan could not do anything to Job unless God gave him permission to. And God only gives permission to the enemy to do anything to us, if in the end it's for our good and His glory. Something that has really helped me in my walk with Jesus over the years, is that I know that God is answering all of my prayers the same exact way I would answer my own prayers if I knew what He knew. Let me say the same thing in a different way. He's all-knowing, right? And we pray and we cry out, Oh God, remove this trial, this thorn, this tormenting, and some of you are thinking, boss, roommate, neighbor, don't do that. <laughs> remove this. No, I'm, I'm using this. You have no idea. If you knew what I knew, you would not ask me to remove that. In fact, if you knew what I knew, you'd be thanking me for allowing this, because I know the end from the beginning. I know, again, I digress, but I just really want to encourage you, those of you that are going through trials and difficulty and struggles, and believe you me, I know, I know, I understand. It's getting pretty tough, isn't it? Especially as we near the finish line. the title of today's prophecy update, the closer we get, the harder it's going to get. You know that, right? You just be encouraged. God knows what He's doing. You don't know what God's doing. He knows what He's doing. Let Him do it. Just stay out of His way. Don't try to help Him out. I know you don't do that. I'll speak for myself. I'm always trying to help God out. God. God's like, you want to help me? Don't help me because you're you're making it worse. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. Just let me do it. Think of that hymn of old. This is the last thing, and then we'll get back to our prophecy update already in progress. (laughs) But I think of that classic hymn. I love it so much. In fact, my mom not only made me, but paid me to learn to play this on the piano. It's the classic, timeless hymn, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. And how about, be still and know that I am God, Psalm 46, 10. Have you ever had those times in those trials where God's just saying, you just sit still, be still, do nothing. This is my battle. You're not going to have to fight this battle, like you said to Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20. Battle belongs to me. All I'm going to have you do is just stand there and behold the salvation of the Lord. And oh, by the way, send your praise and worship team out and just thank me in advance. I was thinking about this. I know I said, this is, (laughs) we'll get back, don't worry. And don't look at your watches either. I always think about the Israelites at the Red Sea. 
and they got the Egyptians right here, and the Red Sea right here. They were complaining and murmuring again. And it, I mean, it's, it's bad. They're like, were there not enough graves in Egypt that God had to bring us out here to kill us? Of course, you know what God did. He parts the Red Sea. They walk on dry ground. And then when the Egyptians follow in hot pursuit, the sea closes and the enemy is defeated. And he delivers them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now, where I come from, they call that a miracle. And it's pretty clear, right? I, I, I like to refer to that account as Red Sea clear, because you've got to know that when the sea was parted and the ground was dry, it's pretty clear God wants us to go this way. I think this is, this is God's will, pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, I think. I wish that all of those times when you want to know the will of God, that He would make it Red Sea clear. But you know what they would did? So afterwards, of course, Miriam, and they're praising the Lord, they're singing and they're worshiping, and they're thanking God for the miracle He just performed. It's not long after they start complaining again. Are you kidding me? Unless we be too hard on them, we would have done the same thing. Here's where I was going with that. Try this. Try singing and praising and thanking Him before the seas parted. What do you mean? Had a situation a couple weeks ago. It uh, played out over a period of about a day, maybe a day and a half. And I just started thanking God in advance. Lord, I know you're going to part this Red Sea. I know you're going to do this because you promised me in your word that you were going to do this. And you can't break your word. You can't break your promise. So I'm going to, I'm going to thank you now. I'll thank you after too. Because see, when they started praising the Lord, it was not in faith, it was in relief. Well, I want to do this by faith, being the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet. So I haven't seen the sea parted yet, but you said you're going to part it. So thank you, Lord. And I started playing worship music and singing and praising and thanking God. And by the way, oh, it'll do a heart good, especially for those of you that are relatively close to my age, the old Maranatha music. Oh. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm just praising and thanking God. Day and a half goes by, boom, there's that Red Sea parted. There's that dry ground. I, you should have seen me. <laughs> I didn't walk. I ran. <laughs> I ran. And then I turned around. I wanted to see the <laughs> enemy defeated. <laughs> Is that too much? Okay. So, We've got our, our global religion, they're going to worship. We've got our global government, Revelation 13, 7, and God is controlling all of it and says that it was granted to Him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given Him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. That is the world's governments. And then lastly, the global economy. And you know this one well. Verses 16 and 17, actually take 18 in there too. All three are in, in Revelation 13. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, 
to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Do you see how this all ties together? It's all under the authority of one who has been given the authority to control the entire world globally, a global religion, a global government, and a global economy. Can I just ask you real quick, lastly, do you see this starting to take shape? Here's the bottom line. The world today has already witnessed firsthand the plausibility of all of this happening since back in 2020. Now it's not too far of a stretch to get to what we're told will happen during the seven-year tribulation from where we're at now, with everything that's happened heretofore. We're at the end. And while I realize and am keenly aware that I'm saying basically the same thing every week in a different way, I'm going to keep saying the same thing every week in a different way, because it's true. We're at the end. This is the end. And here's the good news. <laughs> Jesus Christ provides a way out of this world. There's no hope for this world. Our only hope, our blessed hope, is in the person of Jesus Christ and salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's really simple. It's so simple. In fact, in some ways it's maybe too simple. The gospel of Jesus Christ, which is that He came and He died and He was buried and He rose again on the third day and He's coming back again one day. Why is that good news? Because He died in my place and He defeated death and He made me a promise that He goes to prepare a place for me in His Father's house where there are many dwelling places. And if He goes, He's going to come back and take me and you to that place that He's prepared for me and you. And if it were not so, He would not have told us. That is the word of a bridegroom to his bride, saying, we're engaged now, and I'm going to come at, as a thief in the night and abduct you as my bride and take you to a wedding, a bridal chamber, and we're going to celebrate and consummate for a period of seven, by the way, our marriage together. And then after the seven, we're going to come out from that bridal chamber, that place that I've been preparing, and we're going to have a huge wedding feast, as was the custom in that day, and as is the custom even today. That's the gospel. The word gospel means good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go. Now the ABCs of salvation, again, is just a simple explanation of salvation. It's not a hard and fast formula. It just is a tool that you can use. And the A is for admit or acknowledge that you sinned, because until and unless you acknowledge that you're a sinner, you would not have any interest in 
a Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again, Jesus says, spiritually, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. So how does that work and what does that mean? Well, Romans 6.23, interestingly, packages first the bad news with the good news. See, we've all been sentenced to death because the wages of sin is death. We all are born sinners and have the death penalty hanging over our head. That's the bad news. The good news is that Jesus says, I'll go to your death in your stead. I'll die for you. You've been sentenced to death, I'll carry out the death sentence for you instead of you. And then when I do, I will purchase and pay in full, and then I will offer you the gift that I paid for on the cross in my death for you. I will offer you a gift that I purchased and paid for in full, and that gift is the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B, very central, very simple, is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. The most famous, well-known, quoted verse in all of the Bible, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10.13 lastly says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's just so simple. And it's a simple tool you can use to share the gospel with somebody. Easy to remember. Well, I'd like to end with the but God testimony for today, which comes from Teresa Morris, who writes, our but God testimony. My husband's journey with COVID pneumonia started January 27th, 2022, when he was taken by ambulance to the hospital. First thing they wanted to do is put him on a ventilator. We knew what was happening to people on ventilators, besides the drug usually given to them. We made it clear we didn't want him given the drug. They kept telling us he was dying. Two days in, they insisted to ventilate him or he'll die. We had no choice. My daughter emailed you for prayer, specifically for a miracle. And we prayed, by the way. We never stopped believing. God knew how desperate we were not to want to be a victim of this satanic agenda with COVID and hospitals. 
The first hospital gave us no hope. We saw people of various ages dying around us. The hospital staff weren't happy that I and one of our children were there every day by his side watching everything they were doing. When he had a decent evening, we'd come back the next morning and he'd be worse. Or I'd get a call in the middle of the night telling me he needed a blood transfusion. When the neighboring room's alarm went off and no one showed up for quite some time, then all of a sudden everyone came and I heard a nurse scold another that she didn't want to see that happen again, and two days later that patient was dead. I brought up to the administrator what I heard, and next thing I know they are sending my husband to an acute care hospital. He was there eight days and was sent to a third hospital because of internal bleeding. He was in the ICU for a couple more months. That hospital staff gave no hope and suggested that if his heart would stop, it would be dangerous to try to revive him, since he has a mechanical heart valve. We told them that God can do miracles. He's the great physician. They didn't think much of that. <laughs> they just continued to fill him with antibiotics, which caused other health problems and mind-altering drugs, which affected his breathing and personality. Our granddaughter and I visited him one morning to find they had his head, hands, and feet tied down. The side bed rails were padded, and he was naked. I was livid. I know it was those horrible drugs. I demanded they get him off of them immediately. I forgot to mention that they had also put a trach in at the first hospital. When they took him off those drugs, he was in his right mind and didn't have any signs of withdrawals. He was still having issues with bleeding, which they couldn't find out where or what was causing it. On Resurrection Sunday, the hospital chaplain came in and we asked him for prayer because of the bleeding. He prayed with us that God would show a miracle and heal the bleeding. He never had an issue after that. He was sent to a regular room for about a week or two more, and then transported to the second hospital, which had a rehabilitation area. My husband was improving. They removed the trach and the feeding tube. He was able to eat. My husband wasn't the healthiest person prior to becoming sick. He has a heart valve, heart failure, Parkinson's, and neuropathy from the knees down, but God. He was able to come home June 8th. He'll be on oxygen for a while, but he's alive and with his family. And we thank and praise God for this miracle. Thank you all, that's you, by the way, for praying. God is still doing miracles. Don't ever doubt what God is able to do. My husband is proof. Praise the Lord. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. 
That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.